Hey everybody, this is Ka and Reef. We are here, E3 2017. We are hanging with Rohan Rivas, over from the Lawbreakers team, hanging out with us. Boss Key is in full effect. How are you doing, sir? How's everything going? How's your E3 been? What's going on? I'm, I'm doing great. So, as you guys interview me, um, we're kind of wrapping up E3, right? It's the last couple hours of the show. And as I'm looking out right now, I see our cosplayers, Kronos and Maverick, walking by. Um, <laughs> people are looking at him. It's just, it's, it's really cool. You know, we're here um, because what we felt when we heard that this is becoming a consumer show, right? Like, right. they have consumers coming into the show, true fans, gamers. Mm-hmm. We're like, we got to be there. We got to be there. We got to bring the game with us. Um, and the reception, especially to PS4, has just been super strong. And we didn't know what to expect, right? Because right. this is the first time anybody's played it outside of our office on PS4. Yeah, and, and I think it's definitely great because you guys definitely have a nice size booth. And it's set up to where I feel like the booth reflects the competition in the game. Sure. So it feels like there's actually a fan of people, like a group of fans watching like yeah. this sort of, you know, esports game with the shoutcasting and like all that stuff. So I think that the booth setup really facilitated the enjoyment in the presentation of the game. That's that's great to hear, right? So when we were coming up with it, um, we wanted to make sure that the line itself was kind of integrated into the booth um, so that while people waited, they could watch the shoutcast, they could watch other people playing on PS4, and as they waited to play the game, they could be onboarded. They can kind of learn what's going on, learn about the mode, learn about the roles um, while they waited to play the game so that by the time that they play, at least they'll have some understanding because the game is very high skill. It's a very high skill game. It's like the, I don't know, we're calling it like the Dark Souls of first-person shooters right now, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know, you want to ask, you know, aspire to do better. You get killed a lot. Well, you know what? It's because that guy was better than me, not because I got cheesed. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that, you know, having played multiple versions of the beta uh, on PC where I am awful and I'm terrible and I sure. suck, I suck at, <laughs> at uh, uh, Lawbreakers on PC, when you announced that it was going to be on PS4, I was super, super excited because I was like, I will now have a chance to get in there and feel like I can do what I need to do and actually be competitive. Uh, it told you, and it's not about the game on the PC, it's me totally just sucking on <laughs> mouse and keys. Um what was the thought behind kind of bringing it to another platform? Um, how have the folks on the PC side who have been part of your community already, mm-hmm. and your Discord is like always heavy, full of people chatting about the game, what were their kind of takes on you guys moving to, to PS4 and bringing that into the fold too? Yeah, you know, uh, we'd always said for a long time, it's PC only, it's PC only. Uh, but at the end of the day, we want to get as many players as possible playing the game. Um, and you know, there are a lot of console fans, a lot of PS4 fans, and a lot of console gamers in the office making the game. Um, and we just wanted to open it up as, as wide as we can. We can't do every platform because sure. we're still a small, you know, a small-ish team. But to all of those PC players, when they're like, they hear, oh, Lawbreakers is going PS4 now, does that compromise the PC product? Um, and actually, it's done the opposite. Um, working on PS4 uh, because we've worked on we worked on it internally at our studio. Working on PS4 actually helped us optimize PC, which is really cool. That's because, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I actually would have thought that it would have introduced some more challenges because I know that that I've like heard it. You know, in in Overwatch, how they kind of separately tune the PC and the console versions, and they're also talking about that with Destiny as well. Is is that something that it kind of I almost feel like it would almost double you guys' work because you have to tune the gameplay to 
to the responsiveness of a mouse in, in a keyboard and to a PS4 controller. Yeah, so there are certainly complexities that come with, uh, yeah, how do you translate mouse and keyboard controls to a controller? Um, we're still figuring that out. Uh, so that, that, that is certainly a challenge, right? But when I was referring to optimizations, um, talking about like performance, like, like performance of the game, right? So um, by pushing ourselves to hit 60 frames per second, which we do, 60 frames per second on PS4, uh, that, that actually gave us the opportunity to optimize for PC because a harder we push PlayStation performance, that means the harder we're pushing PC, we're actually improving PC performance. By, by the result of that because we're just making the game that much more optimized. Um, so PC, PC runs better because we were working on PS4. Um, when it goes to controls, yeah, that's a challenge. Like I said, our take on it is we're doing our very best to make sure that the controls translate. I think that it plays pretty well. I think there's some work to be done, sure. Uh, but we want to give players choice. We want to give them multiple control schemes. We want to give them uh, the ability to map buttons so they can create their their best controls. So what have been some of the things since you've started this process of working on Lawbreakers uh, and the kind of couple of iterations that have gone through the gameplay and sure. kind of slowing things down, speeding things up, what have been some of the things that you've noticed has been some of the kind of overarching narratives that you've heard from the community so far about things that they have really enjoyed, things that they um, are looking forward to, and stuff that they are really hoping uh, they'll be able to continue to do in both versions of the game. Yeah, I think the thing that people have voiced uh, the most is that the game is super challenging, yeah. right? Um, you know, it's tough to have a game uh, that's super challenging because you um, you eliminate the the low skill players, right? And then they, if they get stomped, you know, will they come back? Right. And then you just have a matchmaking pool that is just a bunch of high skill players fighting against each other and the second somebody lower skill just starting out jumps in then they're going to get totally smashed right so what we've done and our engineers uh, uh, Roman Dura he's our lead engineer those guys have done a lot of work to make sure that the matchmaking pools are are fair and balanced so that if you have high skill players they are getting matchmade into games that are high skill players only low skill players just starting out are getting match made against other low skill players, and we have this ecosystem, this player base uh, that is fair and balanced, the best we can, and it really helps define like some fair competition. So I think that's been the biggest challenge, um, and what people have talked about the most is that the game is really, really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So since you're jumping into you know into the shooter market, which you know has yeah. a whole bunch of other games, obviously. Um, what are some of the things that you feel like Lawbreakers does the best out of the sort of existing genre? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a crowded genre, you know? The, the, the elephant in the room is like Overwatch. Are you guys going up against Overwatch? Right. It's like, you know, I, I think, <laughs> if, like, the perception, the perception, since it's a first-person shooter, like many first-person shooters, it looks similar, right? You see a character, he's got two guns, they also warp and, like, blink around, you're like, ah, it looks like Tracer, right? But the second you play the game, 15 minutes with the game, you you will know that it's very different. You know, we can be the Pepsi to Overwatch's Coke, right? Yep. Like, multiple games can exist in this space. Um, but the things that, di that differentiate us, I think, is the challenge, the skill, the speed of the game. It's very, very fast. Uh, but also Cliff Blazinski's, uh 
just unique unique touch right like he he's a world builder lawbreakers is an original ip um it's got an original story and fiction the characters are mature there's some you know irreverence and cheekiness to it you know like deadpool like there's there's just so much personality there that that we think that's really uh, in conjunction with our gameplay those things are going to shine through once we get this game out here and we're able to reinforce and elaborate on the story and the fiction and the characters, it's going to be really cool. Yeah, one of the one of the really cool um, uh, talks I heard happen with you and Tramel and Cliff talked about some of the um, nuanced mechanics of how the art plays into the gameplay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a conversation that talked about, and Cliff was kind of delving into, you know, the conversation about silhouettes. And sure. how silhouettes are the things that are determining how far you can see a thing, knowing what that class is and be able to react to it. Um, with the fidelity that you have on the PS4, I mean, with the, with the PC, and then moving to the PS4, I'm sure some of those things definitely are, are still there. Do you feel like there are any, uh, not advantages, but there are any things that on the PC you can kind of discern a little bit better uh, in maneuverability because, of course, the mouse and keyboard are faster? Uh, than on PS4. Do you feel like there will be a parallel if someone wanted to plug some mouse and keyboard into their PS4 and maybe try to kind of get in that space? Yeah, so I it, it, we're going for parity. Uh, we're going for parity on PC and PS4, right? I mean, yeah. it's essentially, it's like the same build of the game, mm-hmm. just deployed to two different platforms. But of course, those platforms are limited in certain ways. You know, mouse and keyboard on PC, you can plug a controller in for sure. But, you know, the support isn't going to be as good as it is on on PS4. Um, I mean, it's, we're going for the same experience on both, really, right? Um, the silhouettes of the characters, you should be able to read them both equally on PC versus PS4. Um, we're, pu- we're pushing PS4 pretty hard. No. Um, you know, the, the, the graphics and the fidelity on PS4 Pro will be a little bit more enhanced. Okay. Um, right? Some 4K textures, like that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, but it's it's going to be virtually the same experience, uh, aside from you know PC players really going to be able to dial it up sure. right, like go to 144 hertz, like sure. kind of go a little crazy. Um, but everything should be able to read the same if you're if you're a gamer. Cool. Yeah. So you you mentioned earlier some of the irreverence and the humor that like mm-hmm. Cliff brings. I heard a lot of really funny dialogue yeah. as I was playing the game. Um, as you talk about some of the lore and sort of the fiction that like that like you're gonna introduce, can we expect to see some of that same kind of humor and, yeah. and that maturity in in the story as well? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the game is mature, right? So all of the <laughs> all of the the media and stuff that we do on the periphery or in game, right, um, is going to be mature. Um, you know, and the the irreverence and the silliness, that cheeky kind of Deadpool style. Um, yeah, we want to carry that through everything. We want to maintain that because we feel like that gives us uh, personality. It gives Lawbreakers, uh, you know, something something that's special. Like even in game with or the trailer, we had a we have a blur trailer CG, fantastic. And like even throughout it, there's all those little moments where it's just like these characters reacting, and then the little blitz ball comes up at the end and like looks around, and it's just like, yeah, we want to carry that through and keep that thread uh, through everything we do. Yeah. It's, it's been really fun to kind of jump in and feel like like you talked about lore and you talked about the kind of dialogue things like the, the fully fleshed out uh, idea you can see is already there. Sure. What are, what are some of the things that, of course, you still have to finish 
finish the game currently. But what are some things that you're hoping to kind of hit on, you know, post post launch, uh, post release uh, to kind of even even add to that and add more layers to it? Yeah. So when the game comes out, you know, we'll have nine roles, which is 18 characters, eight maps, five modes. But then after you buy the game, it's all you know at twenty nine ninety nine. All future content is free, free of charge, right? Which is which is awesome. And with each content, you know, as we want to deploy content uh, post launch, we want to continue to build that narrative. So there's going to be new characters that come in who may have a relationship with other characters, new maps that may outline uh, a faction, right? More so than another map. Um, and we want to tie that stuff together thematically uh, the best we can. Uh, personally, I think. Um, Rainbow Six Siege does a really good job um, of their their updates feel cohesive, right? Right, right, right. You know, the characters feel cohesive with the environment, with the update. It's very cool. So, you know, that's a direction I would love to go in the future. Um, and, yeah, I think we've, we've got some great plans. Yeah, sweet. Um, yeah, so one thing I enjoy as, like, a physics nerd, right, yeah. is, <laughs> like, the gravity aspect of the game. So... When I first played, I was actually trying to calculate because I'm a nerd <laughs> how slow the gravity actually actually gets in the main in like the middle part of the arenas. Uh-huh. Um, I'm really curious as to you know what kind of goes into th- those decisions, like exactly how to alter gravity to make it still fun but not like too floaty. Like I'm sure there's a lot of back and forth. There's been a lot. There. So there's been a lot of work that's gone into making sure like the gravity component of the game feels good because it can you don't want to try to go through something that feels like mud right Right. like you don't want to you don't want it to slow you down you want to you want to we want to use that as a mechanic to really foster high skill play so say you're jumping into zero g and you're a really good player and you jump in as the enforcer and you use control to blind fire use blind fire launches you through zero g you're gaining that 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 propulsion that momentum uh you're shooting guys in zero g in midair and then you get out of it towards the objective we want gravity to be uh, one of those things that really highlights high skill play um and a lot of work went into making sure that you know when you're moving around it and it feels natural and it doesn't slow you down um one of the things that i've always found really cool about what you do at boss key is uh, you do a lot of behind the scenes work. You do a lot of behind the scenes kind of documentary work about you know the studio and like bringing people into uh, the kind of open development of of Lawbreakers. How do you how do you gonna kind of expand on that too? Because it's been really cool to see, especially you head it up and do some really cool work. How do you kind of want to expand on that and kind of bring people back in uh, throughout the, the life cycle of the game? So I. That thing is a passion of mine. So yeah. I, I do that. I do those because I want to do those. Nobody's telling me, to, hey, you've got to do one dev diary every two months or something. It's not. No, I, I do that stuff and I do it personally. I um, produce, I write, and I edit all the videos myself um, because it's a passion. And, I, you know, how cool is it to be at a studio and be able to tell those stories, right? Because yeah. that's always what I've wanted to do. Um, I want to continue to do it as much as possible. Um I wish I could do more because, you know, it has to take the back seat at the moment. Um, but I want to continue to do live streams post-launch. I want to do 
you know, at least every two weeks, live streams, updates from the dev team, balance updates, why we changed this, this, this. Yeah. Live streams are a lot easier to produce. Yeah. Um, but I still want to continue to do produced pieces um, at some point. And hopefully, if the if the game does well, yeah. I can bring some more people into the studio to help me out with all this stuff. Yeah. So uh, definitely want to keep doing more of it after the game uh, launches. Yeah. It's been, it's been really cool. It's been a lot of fun to see it. That's awesome. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Um Last couple of quick questions. Sure. Um, who is the best out of the crew on the oh, Lawbreakers team? Who's the one right now currently who is, like, the one who's kicking everybody's ass? Put them on I, the spot. I, I would pr- probably have to say uh, Nathan Wolf. He's a, uh, he's a <laughs> gameplay programmer. Um, he's really good. He's really, really good. And so is Ned. Ned uh, is on the environment art team. Uh, they're fantastic fantastic players and whenever they sit down in like the lab to play the game like we do in play test like everybody's just like oh do i want to play in this one i don't know i'm gonna get smashed by this dude um but it's cool because like those guys you know push the limits of the game and it's the closest that that we can have in the office of those high skill players at home right because we will never be as good as the people who play our game ever right that's awesome yeah yeah i i I think that's a good realization to have because obviously you guys have to do the work of making and maintaining it you can't play however many hours at the best that the best people play right yep um so i i I do want to touch a little bit on the social aspect of it so you know as i said before i think you showed a really great community with the booth here what are some of the plans on how to support the community sort of outside of the dlc and the content yeah so you know, what I want to do to help grow and foster the game, right, is do fun things on a community level like release cosplay guides. You know, we did, uh, we've released our Kronos cosplay guide and our nice. Maverick one. And they're, you know, I, I wanted to, you know, let's push it. Let's push it a little bit more. Let's give people a little bit more. So I think they're like six or seven page guides that has like backstory on the character, you know, a note from the dev team. And then we go through and we look at the pieces you know, we look at the character and then we give a little bit uh, of lore and backstory on some of the outfit. Oh, you know, wow. That kind of stuff, I think, is really important for, you know, in equipping people with materials to help them tell the story of the game, but also give them a taste, right? Of like, hey, if there's some fun stuff we can put in here lore-wise, let's do it. So we, we plan on continuing to do that from here on out uh, for all the characters. And the next one I want to do is Sunshine. Right up there. Oh, nice. Nice. She's our Harrier. That would be awesome. One of our Harrier roles, um, which we revealed earlier this week. Um, Not playable yet, but hopefully soon. Uh, But yeah, that's a launch character. Um, And we think people are going to have a really fun time making the boots and like doing all like this cool weapon and stuff. So yeah, so that's one of the ways that we hope to support community post-launch. Cool. So we're about to get up out of here again. You know, thank you so much for your time. We always love to be able to talk to you and the rest of the Boss Geek crew because you're awesome, and we love what you guys are doing. Um, let folks know when things are dropping, uh, any sure. other information that you want to share. Well, we just want to say thank you to you guys because without you know people like you and gamers at home and community, I mean, this is why we do what we do, right? It's passion. It's great. Everybody's like, oh, you know, you are you so tired? Aren't you tired? And like talking to me, you know, it's just like, no. This is amazing. <laughs> like, we're making video games, people. Right. Like, and we're playing video games. It's, it's a dream come true. So I just want to say thank you. Um, and, yeah, the game comes out August 8th uh, this year, uh, under two months. 
$29.99 PC and PS4. You can pre-order it right now. Nice. And yeah, lifetime of content after you pay that initial price. Awesome, and it's a perfect birthday present for me. There you go. August babies, let's go. Let's yeah. go. Nice. All right, everybody, we are almost out of here. It is E3 2017. This is Kai and Reef. We're about to get up out of here. Peace, everybody. We'll see you in a bit. Peace. Peace.